Hello sports fans, welcome to Bold Sports. This is Steve. And Matt. We will be discussing all Pittsburgh sports from Steelers to Penguins and Pirates with some talk on local colleges and we may have a rare look at Whitfield. Tune in each week at Sorgatron Media for Bold Sports. Hey, Yins, welcome to our first episode of Bold Sports. My name's Steve. I'm here with my partner and uh, co-anchor person here, Matt. How are Hi. you doing today? I'm good, Steve. How are you? I can't complain at all. It's been a good day. We have a couple beers. We're going to talk about sports for an hour. Sounds great. It is. So basically what we're doing here is Matt and I have no affiliation with any teams, any type of media outlet other than Bold Pittsburgh, and we decided we've been sports fans our whole lives because we're born and raised Yenzers. Born and raised. And now we have an outlet we can talk about it and Finally. nobody can say anything. Yeah. And you can listen to it. You can hear me talk about sports until 3, 4 in the morning instead of having to stop at 2.30 when the bartender kicks you out. <laughs> so, Which we've all been there. We've all been there because we've all been hurt. We've been hurt by the sports teams in Pittsburgh specifically. Yes. So basically what we're going to talk about is all local Pittsburgh sports, mainly focusing on our beloved Steelers, Penguins and Pirates, some local colleges that we're going to talk about, mainly Pitt, uh, because... The only thing Bobby Moe's good for is basketball and Duquesne. I don't. They're they're like a law school, right? Uh, and then we have some high school sports. And Matt, you went to one of the more prestigious high schools in the area. Yeah. Uh, I went to one of the smaller high schools in the area, and honestly, and I talked to you about this earlier. High school sports to me, if you are. Within three years remo removed of high school, have a kid on the team or a family member, uh, niece, nephew, something like that on the team, that's when you should really, really care and go to the games and show your support and so forth. But to be that 35-year-old guy going to your high school game, like, yelling and screaming, why didn't the coach do this and why didn't he coach that, when you have no kids on the team, you're not even married yourself. No affiliation whatsoever other than you went there. That's my personal opinion. That's just creepy to me. Um, I can tell you two things right now about this year's high school sports. Eric Kasparovich is the head coach at Pine Richland Football because I knew him in high school. And also a friend of mine, his son, Jason Bizzard Jr., is a guard in D-end at North Hills High School because I grew up with his dad. Uh, my son played high school football. He's done and graduated. He doesn't even go to the games anymore. See, I go to games because it's an opportunity to connect with your alumni association, Steve. You know, when you go, when you went to a prestigious school, like you said that, not me, but you're, you know, <laughs> I agree. I did go to a prestigious school. Thank you. And, you know, when we get together, it's like football's there and football's going on, but we're not, like, second-guessing it. You know, we're not micromanaging the coaches. We're just there to have some beers in the parking lot. Go see the game, shake some hands. And actually, the school you went to, I, I when my son was playing against that school uh, at a stadium on the on, in Station Square, they actually had the bar open during the damn high school they game. Better. And my my mom was pissed. She wrote a letter to like the the diocese and everything else and so forth because they were actually having the bar open during a high school game. And the response was. Well, that's the stadium contract, not us with the high school, blah, 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 blah. And I believe that high school does not play there anymore. I think they moved back into Oakland to play at CMU or somewhere out there. Well, we always play at least one game at CMU for some reason. I mean, it's close to the high school, I guess. Um, that was never my favorite venue. I don't know. I haven't looked at the schedule, Steve. You know why? Because I'm not like a crazy like psycho high school sports fan. There it is. There me. it is. So we will we, we'll, we'll we'll highlight some high school sports and some Whippeal sports, uh, maybe on occasion throughout things. Like, hey, you know what? By the way, North Allegheny is undefeated, and or hey, Central's undefeated, and it looks like they're going to be playing at well, Heinz Field happen this year. Uh oh, Central's not going to be undefeated. Lost this year. to Erie Prep. Oh, they already lost the game. Does it really year? count if it happened in Erie? Well, okay, it is Erie. We'll give you that. Uh, also, we might highlight on some fantasy football. Fantasy football here. I, I don't know. Matt, are you in a fantasy football? I'm in a league. I did my draft on Sunday, and I'm about as excited as I can be if you've got Tom Brady and Brandon Cooks. 
Well, you know what? That should be pretty exciting because you got your quarterback and your receiver connection there, so you're doubling up on points. It could be exciting or it could be incredibly maddening when he decides not to throw to anyone but not Brandon Cooks. Correct, because we all know Gronk's healthy for the first week. Uh, as healthy <laughs> as you can call that man. That is true. And he's, you know, uh, and Gronk, pride of Woodland Hills. Pride of Woodland Hills, but I don't think he'd complain about having a few beers at a Central game. I don't think he would either, because he's Gronk. And you know what? I hate the Patriots, but I like Gronk. <laughs> I just want to go out and hang out with that dude. Yeah. Um, but no, so fancy football. I did my draft. My draft was Monday. We did that. Um, I am excited. I don't have any quarterback receiver connections, but I have a pretty decent team. For the most part, I got Devontae Freeman. I have Drew Brees. Drew Brees I had last year. I mean, 5,000 yards in a season. You know, he's good for what? He had 22 touchdowns last year. Hey, he was a solid point getter. He was he was, uh, he was the second highest point uh, getting quarterback. Tom Brady, of course, was the first at the Jagass. Um, but anyway, that's fantasy football. We, we might cover into some of that. And you know what? We're, we're Everybody's excited about fantasy football because it's week one. Because everybody on your team is a viable player. Um, they have not yet got injured, arrested, suspended for drugs, um, or done something detrimental to the league to get suspended. Um, and apparently Ezekiel Elliott's suspension got upheld, but he's allowed to play week one because they asked the judge in the beginning of things to... And the NFL that he would be allowed to play week one, depending on the judge's decision. But the judge's decision hasn't came in enough time. So he's allowed to play week one, but it's being appealed. I tried, just tried to read the whole article on it. And I'm confused as shit. I'm so glad I'm not a Cowboys fan. Oh, I, mean, I know. That's always, that's always the case. but Well, everybody's glad we're not a Cowboys fan. Though I have two friends of mine that are Cowboys fan. And one's a pretty decent friend and was a boss for several years. And the other one works for that guy. He's also a Cowboys fan. It's nice to be able to detach yourself, though, and just say, hey, Ezekiel, like, don't do the violence, and yeah, I'm I mean, not worried about it, you know? I think he's, personally, I think he's getting railroaded on that bullshit. Honestly, uh, it happened in college. The uh, things, yeah, it happened in college. <laughs> a few things happened in college. But, um, but no, seriously, he, uh, the person, the, the, the woman in, in, uh, that's put the charges on him rescinded the charges and also said that, you know, she did it to ruin his career and everything else like that because whatever. It, it's a bunch of lawyer speak. I, I personally feel he's getting railroaded, but we'll see how it goes. We know the NFL is pretty much judge, jury, and executioner, and it really doesn't matter what the extent of the law says. It's what Roger Goodell says, and he's just a jackass. Well, we know what they did to Martavis Bryant. Spend the whole year. He's back. He's looking good. He's healthy. He's got, uh, you know, he's got. He, He's in good shape, football shape. We'll see how that works out. But, but just uh, the way that they tap danced around reinstating him. Oh, they totally tap danced and around reinstating they, it him. And it just puts it puts the NFL in the news more. They, they'd be better off to just suspend the guy, like be done with it, and then say, like, now your suspension's over. And then, again, be done with it. Instead of instead of having this, you know, every news cycle, it's more about Martavis Bryant. And, like, every time you talk about his suspension – you have to talk about what it is that he did to get suspended, and then that gets everyone all riled up. And honestly, I think in the next few years, we're going to see that uh, marijuana usage, as it gets legalized throughout the country from medical usage and then recreational usage, and as so many states have already adopted recreational usage, I think it's about five states now, adopted recreational usage, but a lot, but I think 30 states have medical usage for marijuana and prescription use marijuana. You know what? Marijuana is not an enhancing drug, folks. No. Robin Williams, I think, said the best in his one stand-up where he's like, you know, because the first time it happened was a dude that was a snowboarder in the Olympics, got his mm. metal stripped because he tested positive for THC. You know, marijuana is not an enhancing drug <laughs> at all. And that's another thing they should have known. Like, they whatever the Olympic rules were for drugs, like, they should have, like, made them a little more lenient when they let the snowboarders in. Because, again, you're, you're just going to shed light on something that we already know is going on. And Like, like Robin, my mom could watch the Olympic snowboarding and, like, be none the wiser as to whether or not these guys were token up, but then they had to go and test for it. 
And, like, how does smoking weed make you a better snowboarder? Well, maybe snowboarding. I don't know. I don't snowboard. I don't snowboard either. That's It's, it's, it's a cold sport that I have to spend outside. I, I know that I don't like to be cold. And I know what I like to do to cope with situations where I'm not comfortable. Let's just leave it at that. There you go. And snowboarding is not one of them. <laughs> but, no, seriously. I mean, it's... It's marijuana. It's not an enhancing drug. It, you know, if anything, it slows down your reaction time. Right. And so forth. And if it helps your back pain, if it helps your glaucoma, if it helps, like, your ankle pain, you know what? Eat a brownie. I'm okay with this. Mm. You know what? Smoking it does probably hinder your lungs. Sure. But edibles and so I'm forth. I'm all for eating a brownie. Any time in any situation that you think it might help. Well, Matt, next week you're bringing brownies. Any kind of brownies. They don't have to be special brownies. Just Duncan Hines in a box <laughs> is amazing. Duncan Hines in a box is amazing. I like the double fudge. Mm-hmm. I really like the double fudge. So, folks, that's just a little quick introduction of what Matt and I are going to be talking about. Dessert. Uh, dessert, yes. Marijuana. <laughs> and football. And football. They kind of all go together, don't they? they Southside taught me that. <laughs> Excellent. So, pretty much our backgrounds on sports is we're being sports fans. We have no affiliation with anybody. Uh, we don't know any athletes personally. Well, I, I don't anymore. They all got they all left the town. Um, I only see athletes now out in public as a server or bartender. Matt, you see them out in public uh, when you're driving by, and you see them in traffic at a red light. Right? I once delivered McDonald's to the Steelers' third string quarterback. This year or like... Last year. Last year. So yeah. who was that last year? Your boy from LSU, Mattenberger. Oh, uh, Mattenberger. Yeah, man. Ah. You know, Postmates, you meet all kinds of crazy people. Why was he getting McDonald's delivered at 3 a.m.? <laughs> it wasn't 3 a.m. It was like dinner time. Oh. Yeah. But honestly, Mattenberger, nobody's going to recognize his ass. He could just go to McDonald's. His name was on the receipt. Oh, well. <laughs> That's the only way I knew. That's you're like, wait a minute, are you? You don't, have, you, don't have to, you don't have to be rich and famous to get McDonald's delivered, Steve. It's you know, it's just like the price of a second value meal for the delivery fee. Maybe he. Had and then to... if you're if you're an NFL, if you're on a roster, maybe you leave a tip. If you're a pit student, like probably no tip. So to have to have McDonald's delivered at whatever time it was, and to pay the extra value meal fee fee for delivery, do you think he had a couple brownies in him? Probably. Dude was like 6'5". I mean, a couple brownies probably wouldn't even affect him that much. Unless you're just talking about regular brownies. And I'm sure they would kind of like, you know, be a nice dessert. You know, and that goes back to the whole steroid era in baseball. Where Barry Bonds is still not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Mark McGuire's never going to get in because he's past his time that he he was allotted to get in. Sammy Sosa's coming close on his time to get in. But here's the thing. I played baseball. A lot of it. I love baseball. It's a great sport. I took steroids in high school and in the after leagues I played in. You know what? You still have to be able to hit a fucking curveball. Mm. Now, the difference is, is if you're taking steroids, you can hit that fucking curveball very far, but you still have to be able to hit a goddamn curveball. You, you can hit it very far, but you have to still put in the time. Yes. Like, the steroids are useless. They're not just, like, air that you inflate your muscles with. Like, you gotta, you still gotta lift You still gotta weights. lift weights. You still gotta you work know? out. You gotta do your push-ups. You gotta do your sprints. You gotta do your runs. You gotta do your workouts. They're enhancements. They're not a, oh, let me eat these pills and instantly become Popeye. Like, right. when he ate spinach. Because if that were possible, like, I just, I'd be such a sick basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> All five foot seven of All you. All five seven, man. But... <laughs> I could jump over guys, you know? Mugsy Bugs. Just, just leg day every day. Leg day every day. There it is. I like it. Well, I think, folks, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and we're going to come back and talk some buckos with you folks. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at sidekickmediaservices.com. Hey, folks, we're back uh, for Bold Sports. We're here on episode one. So Matt and I are going to go ahead and talk about the Pirates right now. Sure we are. And I have here under our notes a few different things. And I, with, let me know which one you want to start with. We have Nutting, no. Kutch, Cole, 
young guys that want to play that need to play, and the newest contract for Clint Hurdle and Neil Huntington. Well, I think it would be appropriate to start with the contract, Steve, because truth be told, we are recording on Tuesday, so this is the newest item of Pirates news, aside from the fact that they beat the Cubs tonight, which was an outstanding game. But at this time of the year, what difference does it make? I think not tonight's game, that, since we recorded on but yesterday, so that would have been Mon- Monday's game, was very exceptional. How the hell did they come out with, was it, 12-0? to zero? Was the final and Starling Marte threw out the dude at home plate? Yeah. That was, that was ridiculous. No. Where the hell have those guys been all season, last night and tonight? I, well, are you seriously asking where's Marte been all season? Well, we know where he's been all season. He was suspended for 81 games. But the the team in itself, to come out when the bats come out, the home runs come out, the offense, the actually, like, you know, scoring, you know, placing the ball in the field, not just, you know, getting blown away at the plate, hitting the fly balls popped up in the air, shit like that. But that's getting off topic. We're talking about Clint Hurdle and Neil Huntington getting their contracts extended. Now, I did see this stat earlier today that, this is a GM, this is a weird stat, manager and GM combination that have been together for the last five years have the most wins in Major League Baseball. Hurdle and Huntington. Hurdle and Huntington. They've been together for the last five years, and they have the most wins in Major League Baseball in the last five years as a GM-coach combination. That's an off-the-wall, random weird stat. I saw it somewhere on Twitter today, and it was from a viable source, not just from some random dude. Uh but I was like, wow, that is kind of a weird stat. That'd be cool if it was like a stock market index fund, you know, where you're getting like predictable, consistent results over like a long term. But I think we both agree that to win the World Series, you, you, you kind of got to have like a big rally at the right time. Yes. And we're not getting that this year. And it's because of the ownership. And I think that, you know, I was thinking a few days ago when that whole Nicasio Oh. Waiver trade thing yeah, went down, bold. and he went to Philadelphia to save half a million dollars. And he went and to Philadelphia. They couldn't even get him on a good team. Philadelphia, I think, is going to lose more. Well, they're definitely losing more than they win, but I think they're going to lose more than they win by double. Sure, Philadelphia. What, what do they have? Something stupid like sixty-six wins, or not even sixty wins. They're that's way less than that. The Pirates' ownership in, the, in making that move were basically saying, like, we care more about our $600,000 than we do about, you know, putting out a pitcher who can actually get guys out. So it's really good to bring up these guys in September and work them into the rotation. Right. But so you're getting you don't some... have to cut guys to make room for, like, Neverowskis on your Major League roster. So it was just a total salary dump. And then you hear people, you know, in the in the mainstream sports media start asking the question, like, what are they going to do with Hurdle? Like, should they let him go? Should they renew his contract? And I'm thinking, like, why would you let him go? Why would Getting you a let- new manager is like saying, like, we're committed to improving what's what we're doing. And it doesn't seem like they're committed to improving, because if they were committed to improving, they would have done more to upgrade the Hurdle, lineup Hurdle's the not the problem. The problem, I agree. the problem is the front office. Hurdle took, came in here and took a shit-ass team and turned it into a playoff contender. And Was Hurdle the manager when Kutch was his rookie? Or did he come in two years later? Or a year uh, later? I want to say that I feel like that was still John Russell, but I... I yeah, I you're right. Know. It was Russell. Ru- okay. So Hurdle comes in, inherits a losing team, and his first year in here gets him over 500. Got him over that 500 mark. Awesome. First time in 21 years that they were over 500. Then the next year gets them in and just missed the, the wild card game, which is a total bullshit game to begin with. Add an extra team and add an extra series. Add a three game I series. I like the wild card team. game. I like it. I don't like a one game. I, you know what? Take the wild card game. Take the wild card and do that wild card for a three game series. Do a double header. And if it doesn't end after that double header, Go to the next city and, and, and do a single game the next day. That would be fun, too. That would be awesome. But you do have a schedule. and That's why you have to do it in two days. You know, and both teams, you're both playing a doubleheader, and they both got to travel. And shorten the regular season by, like, eight games. No, shorten the regular season by two games. There's what, there's what, 182 games? Make it 180. Boom. Take two games away. There's your problem solved. So, but honestly, let me double-check back with you. Philadelphia is 53-85. and 85. 
So so that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. And the and the and Philadelphia goes and signs Nicasio, and he still has time left on his deal. It's not uh-huh. like he's. You know, it's it's not like he was. Uh, we, we're gonna have to worry about signing him next year. No, and I'm not saying that Nicasio is like the one piece that's keeping us from being a playoff team, but it it just seems really, let's just say, um, economically careful Correct. of them to cut a guy basically to save six hundred thousand dollars in the same year where you didn't have to pay your third baseman because he couldn't get his visa. And you didn't have to pay your starting left fielder for like a third of the season because he was suspended. Half, half the season. He so was half season. Eighty. He was eighty-one games. Yeah. Well, you, you know what else really gets me about the the, the the hurdle deal? I feel like is just a vote for the status quo, which is about the most we can hope for from this ownership group. And the Huntington deal, I actually heard his quote today when they announced the deal. Like he actually mentioned that he enjoys the challenges of this market. Like, he's basically saying, like, I'm taking this job because because there is a significant challenge involved wherein I don't get to spend the money that, you know, the Cubs or the Dodgers or, like, even Cleveland gets to spend because this is Pittsburgh. And it's not like we've got a bad market. Like, this is, you know, you look around the city, like, this isn't exactly the 80s when the steel mills were all falling down. You know, yeah, like Pittsburgh correct. is a thriving, trendy, fun place to be, unless you're a baseball player. And you and go, then you can okay. make more money elsewhere, and you can win more elsewhere. But being a fan of the game, going to the game itself, you go to games. I go to games. There's a people that go to the games. Now, granted, when the team starts doing shitty or whatnot, all summer long, you go to a game. There'll be fifteen, twenty thousand people there. Young people, and. I hope my girlfriend doesn't take this the wrong way, but there's, for some reason there's a lot of hot chicks that go to a fucking pirate game, and I have no clue why. And they go in, like, groups of four and five. Don't get it. But, hey, they're having a fun night out. They're enjoying it. Families go to the games. So, and also I saw today, uh, they were saying that they need to get the fan support back in, and, and what can they do to get that? Here's what they can do. Get that. Put a fucking winning product on the field. Yeah. Because... If you're not putting a winning product on the field, you're going to get the guys like us that grew up watching the game that are now 40, and we're like, shit. When we were kids, 90, 91, 92, awesome. We were teenagers. Great time. Awesome time. Then they went through 21 years of losing, and I didn't live in Pittsburgh for most of those. Uh, but when I came back, and so I still went to a ball game because I love baseball. I love watching the game. And then there was that whole 21 years that... You went to the Pirate game to see the opposing team coming yep. in. Like, mm-hmm. oh, dude, that stud pitcher's coming out. I'm going to go watch him pitch. You know, that that's what it was. And Hurdle and Huntington, you also got to think, who else in baseball right now would want to come to Pittsburgh and be the manager and the GM of the Pirates? Exactly. When they know that the ownership is going to be like, they're like, hey, um, David Price is up uh, on a trade deadline. We can totally go get him, and ownership says no. Yeah. Or, you know, Chris Sales, for that matter. And then he went last year as a rental player and then, you know, signed in Boston. You know, so forth. If ownership's not willing to go ahead and put the money out there and, and spend the money on the team to put a winning product on the field, I don't get it. Now, we know that the ownership owns several other things in the city, Seven Springs, Hidden Valley, the other ski resort out there. He's buying the one in uh, Deep Creek, Maryland. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the the Pittsburgh Tribune Review, which actually I don't believe is any longer in print. I think it's, it's only not, it's only not online anymore, right? That's, that's fine. You know. You know. Uh, but he's also making money from the Yankees, from the Red Sox, being a small market team where the large markets have to pay their subsidies for being for their uh, tax that they have. Uh, their luxury tax because they have a two hundred twenty million dollar payroll, you know, for a season. And the Pirates have, I think, it's the number number twenty five out of the thirty teams in the league on their payroll. I think it's something stupid. That's not like, acceptable. I think for it's a like team fit, that fit, made the wild card game three years. Well, in the row. Pirates' That's payroll is what? It's right around fifty. It's right around fifty million. Yeah. Right? Well, look at the. I know we're going to talk Steelers later, so I don't want to get too deep down into this, but look at what they're doing right now. A half a mile they, down the they road. They are viewing the window as closing. Because oh, Ben Roethlisberger shit, that window might is closing. only have one more year left in him. You know what? And, and, I've and been... the Pirates had three trips to the wild card game in a row. 
the first time they made a playoff series. After that first playoff series exit against the Cardinals, they should have gone and doubled down. You know, don't get Marlon Bird. Get, like, a guy 10 years younger than Marlon Bird to play that position. You know? No, Marlon Bird was sick. Well, he was sick, but (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, they brought in some rental players, like big rental players. They brought in Justin Morneau. something that the Pirates did not typically have a chance to They brought in Morneau. They brought in Bird. Morneau was kind of a bust. He was. He was hurt half the time. He didn't really do that much. Yeah, yeah. Morneau spent half the season in Minnesota. Uh, The first half of the season as a stud. Uh, The second half, and then the other third, the little bit after that, before the trade deadline, he spent on the uh, DL, and then he comes to Pittsburgh, and... You know, he's expected to be the Justin Morneau we knew, and then he shit the bed, had what, one home run, he had like a 196 uh, average, and, you know, his defense was good. I was just saying, like, Morneau is filling a hole that doesn't exist anymore because Josh Bell is Josh Bell is this there. year. But we've got, we've got issues all around the infield, you know. If um, Gunn's not there, then you, you've got Freeze. And if Freeze isn't, you know, his, his defense hasn't been great this year. And, like, all hitters go through slumps. Um, it's tough when your best player, McCutcheon, is, like, really inconsistent for the first month or two of the season historically. And then he gets really hot for two months. He and gets hot and start June having July. a chance. And, they start and then August chance, rolls and then around and he slacks off again. Well, not One player is not going to solve it, but you've got to have enough pieces where, like, if it goes down, you know, at the center field position, you're still getting offense from your third baseman or your first baseman or preferably both. Or, you know, right field has been non-existent this year except for, like, a couple good games that Jaso's had. And Jaso's not the guy that was supposed to be the answer in right field. No, it's supposed to be... The, Polanco was supposed to move to left. Marte was the center, and Polanco... Uh, and Kutch was to right. I and never then, agreed with that. I always I never thought agreed putting with, Polanco uh, in yeah. front of that left field, goofy outfield. No, nope, The way yep. he runs... The way like, he runs, I mean, Like he's, a baby giraffe. He's six foot six yeah. with, a, with, a, with a... I mean... He takes six steps and he does 90 feet, no problem, but he's slow at it. Plus, why would you put McCutcheon in right when, like, his weakness as a fielder is his arm? Correct. I never you need, you need that. that. You need that gun from the corner, even though it's a 300 and, uh, what is it, 300 feet to the right field wall from home plate? That's half your games. What are the other stadiums? True. That is half, you yeah. But you maybe, you, maybe you switch them around based on, like, what park you're playing in. But we're only having this argument because we didn't actually get to have it for real all year long because it Correct. was rendered moot by Marte. Correct. Suspended. The other thing is, too, is you got to think of the uh, of, of how's McCutch's mental aspect being all winter long, being put on a trade block and shopped around, and then also at the trade deadline being shopped around again, and the Pirates thankfully didn't pull that trigger. But also, should they pull that trigger? Seriously. Kutch is what is now. He's got one year left on his deal, and he's an unrestricted free agent. Do you go ahead and trade him and get prospects in, or do you get a, a good pitcher in? Uh, pitching, honestly, this year wasn't our downfall. It was the offense was a downfall. Pitching was actually very good. They just didn't get any offensive support. Bullpen was an issue. Bullpen was a serious issue. And Tony Watson, you know what? He was the heir apparent to Melanson. Melanson was the heir apparent to Grilly. Watson and Watson shit the bed. That's all there was to it. There's no if ands, or buts. I don't know what got under that dude's ass or not under his ass. But Rivera was my closer from like the first week we got. And him you know what? The now they're deadline. closing him. So the, the, now and, they are. Yeah, I felt that way like a year right. ago. So so Kutch's he- he- head game. He's getting shopped around. He's gonna he's gonna get shopped around. I don't know if he has a no trade clause or not, but he's getting shopped around. He's he's gonna get end somewhere he wants to go, or he's gonna end up somewhere that is gonna be worse than Pittsburgh, which is what Kansas City. Um, but when he's an unrestricted free agent, he already took a hometown discount to sign with the Pirates for that ridiculous deal of fifty million five years. Come on. He could have got so much money elsewhere. He did well here. Yeah, it was young in his career. He did well here. He proved it. He can still go out as an unrestricted free agent. The Pirates keep him next year, all next year, and just let him walk away, not even try to re-sign him. The Yankees and Red Sox, Dodgers, Giants, somebody's going to go throw $100 million at him for five years. 
And he won't have to be the main guy. And he won't have to be the main guy. And I'd kind of like to see him play that way. Exactly. You know, I think I think hey. Kutch is a lot better player when he's easy and relaxed and having fun. Hey. Fun Kutch is fun. Hey, you know? is that the Phil... But I'd rather he be that guy in Pittsburgh. Hey, is that the Phil Kessel mentality there? It is the Phil Kessel mentality. And you know what? People hate Phil Kessel for some reason. I love I Phil Kessel. You know what? People hated him in Toronto because he was that guy, but they never put a team around him. Ah, but Toronto is like the Pirates of Hockey, though. I know. You know, they, so they much, are. such a legacy that like nobody alive has ever seen actually come to fruition. Correct. Uh, also, we got Garrett Cole to talk about. Garrett Cole, he had a uh, disappointing season uh, as the young stud ace of the Pirates. I don't think he's an ace. I don't think he's an ace either. I don't either. think there's any think shame he, in saying it. I think though, he's a solid know? two or a good three. He's not an ace. Um, you know what? He had that season, what, two years ago, 20-game winner, was in contention for the Cy Young Award, and he didn't get picked because uh, who was that long-haired hippie-type dude out in L.A. won it? Um, Kershaw? Kershaw. Yeah. Well, Ker- Kershaw. I mean, come on. Well, it's Kershaw. <laughs> He's got three serials. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so, and that's also in 13, 14, and 15 when the Pirates were going to and and going into those runs and getting into that wild card game. And I seriously think, what was it, two years ago, we had the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Pirates were all in contention, and the NL Central was the best division in baseball, and they had 99 wins, 98 wins, and 97 wins. And it came down to the end of who was going to be the wild card game and it ended up, they ran into Arietta. Yeah. And Arietta just lit the shit out of them. It sucks uh, to think that that was like the high water mark for you know, these Pirates. But... I, mean, I mean, 98 wins is a beautiful thing. I don't think we'll ever see 98 wins in the next 10 years. It's not easy to do. And to have three teams in one division be that good. We got pretty lucky that we were even able. I mean, a bounce here, a bounce there. It was. You know, just to be in it. But... Things were different back then. They had A.J. Burnett back then, man. Yeah, A.J. Burnett, he decided to retire. I mean, you know, we're looking at two And they never ago. replaced him. They never did replace him. You need that veteran, you know? These guys are all whippersnappers. And Definitely. Cole can't be, like, the staff leader when he doesn't even have the, you know, the experience, like, getting his own game together. Like, I'm not hating on him. Like, I think he's a fine pitcher, but, you know, from what, from what I've seen, it's just... You know, when remember when they gave him the ball in that St. Louis series? Cause, oh yeah, because AJ was was he had he had some bad times against the Cardinals. Right, they gave I him mean, the ball. I mean, I know that it's hindsight game. and everything, but for my money, like you give the ball to your ace. You give the ball to your ace. You, whatever and you if do. If he's not a real ace, like refer to rule number one. You give the ball to your ace. Correct. And if you don't win, then it's because you didn't have an ace, not because your ace was bad. Dance with what brung you is what I say. So I, I, as we're sitting here recording this about baseball, and, and I'm black and gold through and through, but my second favorite team, and being a kid from Pittsburgh, we never had AL teams to watch. Uh, I started following the Red Sox about 1984. The Red Sox right now are tied in the 18th inning, oh, good. 2-2, with the Toronto Blue Jays. Which, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, can we call that Pittsburgh North? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean... I've well, seen I've seen too many playoff games involving the Blue Jays in the past few. Wait, years. wait, but I'm saying Pittsburgh North is the players that are up there are pretty much. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why we say that's like they call the Arizona Cardinals Pittsburgh West. Sure, you okay. know I, I feel you. Yeah. So, but uh, that's aspect. We're coming towards the end of the season. We got less than a month left of regular season baseball here in Pittsburgh. We have uh, a game tomorrow night uh, against the Cubs to close out. Maybe we can sweep that series. If not, we've at least already won that series. Then they go on the road and they come back for a final home series of, I believe it's eight games, maybe nine, somewhere around there. Um, and then there's no, going to be no more baseball in Pittsburgh until next year. No. Uh, so what do we want to see? We want to see the young guys that want to play, the young guys that need something to prove. So, Jaso, as much as people like him, I don't think he's coming back How next year. How much do people like Jaso? If you're my girlfriend, you'll love him. Well, but, um, dreads aren't for everyone, man. Dreads aren't for everyone. But honestly, I don't think he's coming back next year. I don't think so. Um, you got uh, David Freeze. Uh, what's he doing? He 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 wants to play. He's good to play. I don't think he's coming back next year. Can't base the whole season on him. 
you know. I'm not putting the whole season on him. But you got to have but you got to have somebody else at that at that corner. You do. Uh and having uh Jung Ho Gung getting all screwed up in his bullshit, that really hurt them. Uh Diaz. Diaz needs to be the everyday catcher since Cervelli's on the DL. Uh he needs to be the everyday catcher right now. Yeah. I know I uh Garrett Cole likes his boy uh, back there behind the plate. Tough. Um, but you know what? Diaz needs to be an everyday catcher. You got to develop guys, you got to develop them now. Uh, you got R- Rivero. Like you said, why isn't he the closer? Well, he is now. He is now. 100 mile an hour fastball? Come on. Yeah. Hit that shit in the ninth inning. You played a whole game. You think as many times as we had to get shut down by Chapman when he was with the oh, Reds. Oh, God. That you would just automatically say, like, hmm, who out there can throw 100 and make that guy your closer? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, you got worry about Jay Hay. Jay Hay is a fun dude to watch. He likes to play, but who, who's up there in the system that can come in? But Jay Hay fills so many spots. He's not just a second baseman. He's not just a shortstop. He'll play anywhere. He will play anywhere. I, I like haven't him. seen him like catch. I haven't second. seen him pitch. I'd love to see him pitch. I'd love to see him pitch, too. I would love too. so much to see Jay Hay pitch. <laughs> That'd be awesome. To see I'd actually, pitch. I'm actually a little scared now that I say that because if I had to watch him get taken deep, like that, that'd be like really. Well, Sunday. Uh, well, in uh, Monday's game, the uh, Cubs brought in. Uh, they ran out. Of, Arietta went out in that third inning with the hamstring. They yeah. went through their bullpen. They brought in an outfielder who still threw 90 miles an hour, but it was he didn't have a ball but straight. Yeah. And uh, was it David Freeze that took his ass out of the park? I don't pretty know. deep. I just I just saw that and I just thought. Joe Madden, what are you doing? Like, you've got your September bullpen. You know, you shouldn't have to resort to throwing out a position player. Like, maybe I'm just being biased against Joe Madden, but it seems like he's always trying to do, like, edgy things. He's like the edgelord manager of the majors. And it's, Dude he rocks a mohawk. Man. He rocks a mohawk. He's got white. He he's, got, a, he's got a white mohawk. He's he rides a, a Harley. in glasses. And he's got a Harley. And he also rides a bicycle, which, you know, I'm not going to complain about. Like, I liked him when he was the Rays manager. Oh, like, when he was Rays manager. When he took over the Cubs and was just like, now I've got to, like, sit through one of your games with, like, well, six pitching changes in an inning. And, well, you know what? Theo Epstein is the one to, to to say thank you to the Cubs for. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he was with the Red Sox for so many years and brought that world championship to the Red Sox in 04. And then they had a, they had three championships total with under Theo Epstein, and he left and went to the Cubs. and. It, it took him, what, three years before he got a uh, championship to the Cubs. Um, it wasn't even surprising. No, it's not at all. The way the, the way the economics of baseball are set up, the owners that the Cubs have, and the, the skills of Theo Epstein, you know, I saw that and I said, well, the Cubs are going to win a World Series. Uh, and that's yeah, crazy within, within five years. When they signed Theo Epstein, I'm like, shit, they're going to win a World Series in five years. I, I mean, they're not. he's not Billy Bean. But honestly, Billy Bean hasn't won a World Series. Moneyball's a lot easier when you got a lot of money. There it is. There it is. When you got a lot of money, Moneyball's easy. So on that aspect, we're going to go ahead and take a break right now. We're going to come back and talk about our beloved Steelers. Week one's right here around the corner. And uh, give us a few moments. We'll be right back with you after this short break. And uh, words from our friends. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. All right, folks, we're back after that short break and our messages from our friends at Sorgatron Media. We are now going to talk about our beloved Steelers. Basically, we're going to highlight some roster moves, hold uh, Bell's holdout, and our expectations for the season. I'm going to go ahead and just throw this out there. As a guy that played sports growing up and everything like that, practice and Allen Iverson practice, you're talking about practice, but practice, minicamp, all of that, why did Bell not show up? I understand his reasonings behind he didn't want to get injured or hurt or banged up or this, that, the other thing, but it's about being out there with the guys, camaraderie. Learn the new plays. Get this. Get that. He wasn't going to get a new deal. It was past the time that the Steelers could even offer him more money and him accept it. He was either, you're going to take this franchise tag at $12.12 million for the year, or you're going to sit out and not play at all. He had no leverage money-wise at that point. He just decided to sit out basically because he didn't want to get banged up, beat up, and so forth. How do you feel about that one? 
Well, when you put it that way, Steve, like, I'm glad he stayed out. Honestly, like, I'm kind of glad he, he did, too. We all know what he's <laughs> capable of. Um, you know, he's a running back. Like, it's not the same as with the receivers and the quarterback in terms of timing. I mean, I know Bell does take swing passes and little dumps out of out of the backfield when, you know, when it's necessary. And he can also split off and be a slot receiver. But for the most part, you're talking about developing timing with the quarterback and the receivers. The running back, the way Bell runs, I mean, he doesn't need to like. He's get a, a patient. Bunch of reps. He, he he's a patient makes, runner. He's he a patient runner. He can watch runner. every preseason game and see where the holes are going to develop. Pretty much. I'm being a little glib, and I mean, I hear what you're saying about being a part of the team, but honestly, Bell seems like he's more interested in being the top five rapper. In the NFL, well, right as now, to the his top five and, highest paid running and his rap game needs to be tightened up a lot. He needs to call <laughs> Jay Z and see, say, "Hey, help me out with my with, with my rhymes because yeah. they're not that great." I've been listening to hip hop since the Chuck Noll era, and I got <laughs> I got to tell you, I might I might I might know a thing or two about that subject before I know anything about football. That is great, uh, but seriously, as a as as a sports-minded guy myself and playing my whole life of all the different sports I play, football, baseball, hockey, uh, everything from organized to street, it doesn't matter. You know what? When you're on a team, you're wearing a uniform, you're committed to that team, you, you have, you should be committed to that team and be there um, to get the camaraderie with the guys, to, to look at the rookies coming in, to help them. He's a veteran now. He needs to help those rookies out, help, help these guys out, show them... And honestly, as a veteran in camp, he's not going to get beat the fuck up. They're going to have the rookies get beat the fuck up. He's not going to have uh, pads on every day going balls out. He, he's going to be doing his drills and so forth. But it, I'm, I'm mad at him for that because he didn't come in with the guys and be with the guys. He, he wasn't going to gain any money here nor there. It was a mute point for the money situation. As a fan... Glad his ass sat out. That way he's fresh to go on Sunday. He's got one padded practice, and that's tomorrow. That's Wednesday when this podcast comes out. He's got his one padded practice. And you know what? I'm sure the guys were sending him the playbook and shit on fake on Facebook and Twitter and whatever else. You know, shooting screenshots of it and sending it to him. Uh, there was a report that Ben texted him or whatnot that, hey, when are you coming to camp? Da, da, da. And then he never responded to Ben. Now, that also said that he got a new phone number. Well, you know what? He also apparently got a new phone number <laughs> whenever he had a drug test that he missed a drug test. And last year was suspended for the first three games. And the reason why he didn't take the drug test was because they couldn't contact him because they had, he had an old phone number. So, I don't know about you. I've had the same phone number for about seven years now. And the phone number I had before that, I had for about ten years. So... Switching phone numbers every few years. I've only had four phone numbers in my entire life, and that one I'm of them was thirty-seven year old. And one of those, and was my your... parents moved when I was ten, so that's there, two right there. There you go. That's two. Uh, yeah, I've I've had two phone numbers in about the last fifteen years. Uh, so, uh, baby mama drama. Maybe I can't say I blame them. Hey, you know what? When you when I might you, get a burner phone on my way home from this podcast. Hey, there it is. You are stopping at Sheets for some food. They do sell burner phones, but but seriously though, I I, I did hear he had some baby mama drama. Uh, I don't know how true it is. I'm not sure what report it was about a Rams cheerleader. But anyway, um, Le'Veon Bell, baby mama. Yeah, there it is. The drama's implied. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, we wish you the best this season. More than the best, man. We love you. We love you. We do. We love you. We'll buy your mixtape. Just like, not until after the Patriots. Hey, you know what? He better be selling that shit for five bucks on the street corner. Man. I ain't paying 30 bucks for that. I saw this dude trying to sell mixtapes out of like a cooler on the north side one day. And it was during the pit game. It was like a pit game that day. And he was mad because like there were all these people around like just milling about with drinks in their hand, but they weren't buying mixtapes. And I like overheard his buddy like lecturing him like, "Look, dude, like this is a sports town. This is not a mixtape town." There it is. Like I feel like we can handle both. So we're moving to roster moves. One of my funny things I saw when they cut down to the fifty-three man roster and on the cuts was Darius Hayward Bay. He was cut. And I think to myself, why would you do that? A, he's a veteran player. B, he uh, 
is still decent. He had 900 yards last year. Yeah, I liked him last year. Um, no, here's the funny thing. He's back on the roster. Do you know why they cut him? Money? No. Cap shit? No. They cut him and t- kind of give him that, Darius, we're going to cut you right now. Give us a day or two and you'll be back on the team on a quiet note because that's when they traded Sammy Coates to Cleveland. That opened up a wide receiver spot in the roster. We got a fourth-round draft pick. Darius Hayward Bay was back on the team the next day. I like Hayward Bay better than Coates. I do, too. Uh, he brings that veteran uh, role into that wide receiver core, which is needs that veteran role. He because can stretch the field, too. He can stretch the field. He is also still a deep threat. When he came out of college as the one draft pick to the Raiders out of, out of Maryland, Duke's run. You know what? He's, what, 36, 35, 36, somewhere right there? Maybe 37. I think he's 35 or 36. But Duke can still run. He might have lost a step or two. I mean, shit, Heinz Ward lost a step or two and still laid motherfuckers out. But Hayward Bay, great move to bring him back, keep him. However, they, the NFL's weird. Money works out weird. We got to cut you for a day or two until we trade a guy and then we'll bring you back. You got to hire like a professionally trained economist to help you manage your payroll. And, and the Steelers out. have that guy. <laughs> uh, I can't remember his name right now. Con, is it? Is it Con? K H N? I'd hire that guy. Uh, I'd hire that guy to. Dude, if he could sort out my finances, yeah. shit. There ain't much to. I'll, I'll be calling you on April 13th, whoever you are. Yeah, there you go. Typically <laughs> when I start looking at my taxes. Right. So. Roster moves aren't too bad this year. I like uh, the trades. I do like the trades. We got Joe Hayden in, you know, and that 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 was a whole money move for him. The, he was owed eleven million from the Browns, and they said, "Well, we want to restructure your contract to fix this, fix that." And he said, "No, pay me." And they said, "Well, we're going to try to trade you." He said, "All right, put me on the trade block," but he had no trade clause. So they came back and said, can we restructure? He says, no, pay me. Then they said, well, we're going to cut you. He goes, fine, cut me. So they cut him. They had, and it was, they cut him at 8 o'clock in the morning. No other team could talk to him until 4. At 4.26, I get the update on my phone. Steelers signed Joe Hayden for $7 million. And the Browns are picking up 3.5 of it. That's good. I like it when the Browns buy things for the Steelers. Right? Because it's not enough it's not enough to completely own someone. You've got to also like get them to buy you things out of their pocket. It is a great great time when especially I mean and then we get to scrimmage on week 1. Pretty much it is a scrimmage week 1. Pittsburgh versus Browns. I could eat my words and I'll be the first to admit it next week, but it is it does kind of feel like you're Alabama. And you're not playing Florida State the first week. You're playing, right? like, something directional. Yeah. The Citadel. Citadel. The Citadel. I hate picking on Citadel. I you hate know, picking I on it, like too. I like picking on all the armed services when I say that. But, yeah. The Citadel's down there in the south. They're pretty convenient for all these SEC teams. It does happen. Right. When I see the Citadel on Pitt's schedule, that's a different feeling. Right. It's like... We can talk about that in the next block. Yeah, we will. So... Basically, with with the uh, uh, Steelers roster, you got Marquise Pouncey back at center. Um, Artie Burns, second year coming in. Willie Gay, he's a Willie Gay has the most interceptions uh, for the Steelers in the last four seasons. I, I don't get that. And does that include the one that never happened, where he celebrated by like crawling on his knees and hugging Jerry Porter? Uh, possibly. Because that was the best highlight. Ever. Joe Hayden, we picked him up. That was awesome. We got this. Uh, the, uh, what's this? He's, he's a rookie, Hilton. Hilton, undrafted free agent. Oh yeah, made the team. Cornerback, uh, Hilton coming out. He he's looking good. Cam mm-hmm. Hayward, of course, is back. Defensive end, Stephon Tuitt, defensive end. Uh, he's in there. Uh, Hargrave, the D tackle. He's looking real good. Uh, you got uh, Nix at uh, fullback. DeCastro. The team's looking like Boswell, the Wizard of Boz. You know, you got Chicolo. I can't believe this kid made the team again. Chicolo. Chicolo. You know, I love uh, him. Bud Dupree, he's looking good. Chicolo's just one of those, like, quintessential, like, Pittsburgh Steeler names. Right? Like Nagurski. Ligurski. Well, Doug Ligurski out of West Virginia. Ligurski out of West Virginia. Undrafted free agent. Kind of local. local. Hardworking. Yeah, and still drove his 1994 Chevy truck to the game every week, you know. Yeah. 
the ageless wonder James Harrison. Now he uh, is not starting. They're gonna start uh, T.J. Watt, J.J.'s younger brother. How do you think that, man? Like I feel like that's a, the right move. I think it's the right move because you know what? Save Harrison. Let him play those you yeah. know third and fourth downs. Mm-hmm. God you forbid know. someone gets hurt, or if say like Watt proves to not be ready for a sixteen. Exactly, NFL Ryan Shazier. You've got Harrison maybe actually fresh for the New England game. Right, Arthur Motes is still in there. You got Shazier. Shazier's a beast. I love Shazier. The only thing with Shazier, can he stay healthy? Exactly. That's that's the same thing with Hayward. Well, you that's saw why, how that affected them. Well, that's why Jarvis Jones is no longer with us. He's in Arizona. This that's Steelers. not the only reason. Well. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't stay healthy, and he didn't pan. He was a number one draft pick that didn't pan out. I I, I know Jarvis on a personal level. I took care of him a lot uh, where I worked. He was a great dude, awesome guy. He just uh, his football mentality, I don't think, was there. Um, you go in. You got Marcus Gilbert back on the offense. Um, now this offensive line we're talking about here is ridiculous. Uh, if they can do this year what they did last year to protect Ben the way he needs protected, we'll be looking pretty good. It is weird to me to say that the Pir- or sorry the Steelers have one of the top offensive lines, but it finally happened. We won we won two Super Bowls with kind of not so good O lines, especially right? that year against Arizona. Like that that line was pretty much the weakness of that team. So, but here, you get by with what you can get by with, and now so we don't have to worry about it. What's really worse is, is Cleveland's offensive line is actually higher rated than the Steelers. doesn't surprise me. They've had a lot of picks. They have had and a lot they, of picks. They, Cleveland had three number one round picks this year. And they didn't spend any of them on a quarterback, and good for them. <laughs> because we were tired, like 23 I, I quarterbacks. tired of watching them get hurt by these <laughs> quarterbacks, you know? They're so, like, they're like, you're, you're, they're like, you're like, Lady friends. So, like, so speaking of dating the wrong guy. So speaking like, of quarterbacks, stop. we got Ben Roethlisberger, who of course is our our beloved starter. Um, and then I don't agree with this order, which is Landry Jones is number two and Josh Dobbs is number three. Now, Landry Jones here lives in our beloved neighborhood. Well, my beloved neighborhood of Mount Lebanon. Oh, really? And you're just around the corner, um, over in Brookline. Uh, now I can tell you, last year. Uh, when Landry Jones was named to be the starter for the one week, and uh, my lovely girlfriend and I were grocery shopping at our local grocery store, and we're walking through the aisles, and we see Landry Jones and his wife walk through the aisles grocery shopping like normal everyday people, because you know what? He is a normal everyday guy. He just has a cooler job than we do and makes more money. Um, I walk through, and I see him. I'm like, hey, good luck this week. Cause thanks, no problem. And the guy behind me in the aisle says, hey, Landry, good luck this week. Don't fuck up. And Landry goes... Try not to. You know, you, you can't say that to guys when you're out. I can't mean, say that to anyone. I you mean, really can't. Really? Uh, but I also don't agree with uh, him being the second guy. I think Josh Dobbs proved himself in the preseason at camp to come in and take over the second spot. And honestly, as a football player, why the fuck's Landry Jones on the team? I feel like it's experience. I think when you when you experience, got a, he's got four years of carrying a clipboard. He should know the goddamn system. He by knows now. the system. But and he's he's played some games. He hasn't, you know, set the world on fire. But if you do get into a situation where you know you find out you don't have Ben Roethlisberger in the middle of the second quarter, like, aren't you more comfortable putting in a guy who's you know run the offense before and actually started games for them? Josh Dobbs could be Josh Dobbs next year. Maybe he's their starter next year. For all we know. But you know I, I think it's a safe pick to have Landry Jones. Yeah, I'm calling it right now. Steelers win the Super Bowl this year. Ben retires on the podium, and the Steelers are like, fuck, we don't have a quarterback. If he retire, I, I mean, if the Steelers want to be mad about that, they can. They can if, that, if that's the outcome. Nobody can be mad three, about that. Three Super Bowls and four appearances, and yep. he walks out. I'm fine with that. You got James Conner backing up uh, Le'Veon Bell. I like that. Uh, he's, he's done really well in the preseason. He didn't have a 100-yard game, but they didn't give him the chance to have a 100-yard game. You shouldn't get a 100-yard game in the preseason. No, you should. Mike Mitchell, we're not sure if he's starting or not. Also, that number controversy between him and Joe Hayden, because Mike Mitchell wears number 23, and that's what Joe Hayden wore in Cleveland. Uh, we still don't know what number uh, Joe Hayden's going to be wearing, if he paid enough money to get that number, or if it's just a moot point at this point. I hope he buys him something nice. Xavier Grimble coming back at tight end. I liked him last year. I did. Um, he did a lot. He did better than Jesse James, and I do like Jesse James. Jesse James is that big, tall, white guy, you know. 
Pitt always had that big, tall, white guy under the hoop in basketball. You got that big, tall, white guy in the field, 6'10", you know, 280 pounds, just cut. He, 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 he can stretch out and reach an 8-foot uh, pass coming at him. We'll see how that goes. But they did sign uh, McDonald, Vance McDonald. Uh, he's out of Rice, uh, spent some time in San Francisco. They brought him over as tight end now. We're going to see how that's going to go. See, that seemed like an acknowledgement that they didn't really have anything at tight end. Exactly. Since Heath Miller retired. Grimble, Grimble and, and they, Jesse James. Like, well, and they, brought the, they, and they brought the guy in last year that was injured half the year and came in. I can't even remember Darius Green. Darius Green. Thank Darius you. Green was good in like two games. So our wide receiving core, we're looking right now at Antonio Brown. We know is a stud. Martavius Bryant, he's off the weed in. And yeah, we think for now, for now, right? Uh, Martavius Bryant, he's our deep threat. He can make the plays. Darius Hayward Bay, he's also a deep threat, but he's that short dude. And he can, can I also stop you for a second about Bryant? What about Bryant? Before we saw the suspension, do you remember that catch he made in that playoff game against the Bengals, where he like went between his legs and yes, rolling into the end zone and everything else like that? I'm total, so excited to get back total to ball that. control. I'm so excited to hear about that kind of stuff and not the suspension. I am too, because that was that that was that playoff game where uh, AB got taken out by Vontaze Perfect, mm-hmm. right? Yep, there it was. That was bad. That was a badass catch. That was a beautiful catch. Uh, Darius Hayward Bay, he's gonna be back for us uh, out of Maryland. I think he's in what his twelfth season, something like that, right about now. Um, wide receiver T- uh, Jay Hunter, Eli Rogers, Juju Smith Schuster. Now this kid out of USC. He's unproven. He left early. No problem. He's with the Steelers. Snoop Dogg loves him. Snoop, Snoop Dogg, Dogg loves him. the Steelers. Snoop Dogg loves Juju Smith. Juju loves Pittsburgh. Have you seen him on social? You know what? I have seen him on social. He's bike because he doesn't have a license. He doesn't never. License. He never Don't learned how to one, drive. Man. Don't, Don't learn he, to drive he, in Pittsburgh. He bought like this You'll beautiful. He bought this beautiful Schwinn. He's chill. He's twenty years old. I, my dream is to go on a bike ride with Antonio Brown and Juju Smith Schuster. You're not going to get Antonio Brown on a bike ride. He's a biker. Yes. Oh. All right, we'll see it. And then we got, uh, look at the practice squad. I don't know any of these guys, but that's why they're on practice squad. Hopefully we don't have to learn too much about them. <laughs> and then we got the, the reserved injured list. I guess these are the guys that, uh, with the NFL has the rules that if you get injured during the season or during the preseason, they can't cut you or release you while you're injured. So these guys are still on the injured reserve list. And chances are we will never see any of them because also I don't know any of their names. Um. So there's that. So what's your expectations for the Steelers season this year? I'm personally thinking along the lines of like a 11 and five season, and with a I'm, I'm thinking 11 and five, uh, winning the AFC North, and uh, my personal thoughts: the New England Patriots game here in Pittsburgh in November. Late November, it's either late November, early December, is going to be whoever wins that game. The AFC Championship game is going through that respective city. Mm -hmm. Is my personal thought. And it'll be great for tourism to have everybody come to Pittsburgh in January and watch the Patriots win another playoff game. It will. It will. Um, I really just came to a conclusion after the Super Bowl that I'm not going to argue with people anymore. Like Brady, Belichick. You They're know the best I've ever seen. You know what? As much as I hate Tom Brady, if I see him in the public, I would push him in front of a bus. you got to give it out to the dude. Six-round draft to. pick, After five that, Super Bowls. The Falcons. I, just... uh, I fucking hate Tom Brady. And honestly, this, when I was drafting at my fantasy football league, I was talking to my buddy next to me. I'm like, you know what? This is, I'm next on the list to pick. I'm picking a quarterback, and it's either Tom Brady or Drew Brees. And I really hate to take Brady, but he's a stud, um, especially in fantasy football. And the person that picked before me picked Tom Brady. I'm like, well, that made my decision easier. I'm taking Drew Brees. But uh, he's also a stud in fantasy football in his own right as an actual football player, not just fantasy. Um, but it's a great time. So we're going to get in that porch right now. We have a few minutes left. So we expect Steelers to have a beautiful, lovely season, get deep into the playoffs, have that AFC Championship game, and we really hope it's here in Pittsburgh. Um, 
That's really all we're going for this year. Anything less than that is a disappointment. I don't feel entitled saying that. Like, this is a good team. This is a good team. They almost made the Super Bowl last year. They almost made the Super Bowl last year. If they can learn how to play a tight man-to-man defense, maybe they have a chance against Roster moves. They made some really good roster moves to get get tighter on defense. The offense is pretty squared away. It's the defense is skeptical. And, again, I say this this season. And watch out for Oakland. Oh, yeah, watch out for Oakland. Derek Carr and Amari Cooper and uh, uh, Michael Crabtree. Those guys, they lit on fire last year. Watch out for it this year. So we're going to get to that portion right now. We're just going to go ahead and call it Bold Predictions, NFL Week 1. So this is where we're going to go ahead and pick winners and losers. And you can go based off the spread or just because you like the team name or the location of the game. We're going to go ahead and start off with the Patriots and the Chiefs in New England Thursday night. Uh, tomorrow, after you hear this podcast, New England is a nine-point favorite. It's in New England. Raising the banner night. I'm taking the Patriots on that one uh, as a betting guy. How about you? Chiefs cover. Chiefs cover? Yeah. Chiefs cover nine? They're not a joke team. No, they're not a joke team. I'll take the Patriots to win. You like the Chiefs to cover the nine. I like it. Steelers-Browns on Sunday, of course, we're going with the Steelers. And the Steelers are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Cleveland. You going, you're going with the Steelers, right? Yeah. You think they're going to cover eight-and-a-half? Cover. Cover. Jets and Bills in Buffalo. Uh, that's a nine-and-a-half-point spread with the Bills as the favorite. Jets and Bills? Jets and Bills. Uh, do you know what? I? Jets. you know what? Bengals Mafia is strong. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I say Bengals? Uh, Bills. Bills? Mafia. All right, we're going Bills. They covering? God, they're covering a nine and a half. Yeah. All right. The Jets are a joke. Yeah, they are. Falcons and Bears in Chicago. The Bears are uh, are uh, a dog at home to Atlanta by seven. You know what? I'm going with that. I'm taking. I'm taking the Falcons blow out the Bears in Soldier Field. At least a touchdown over the Bears. Definitely. Ravens and Bungles. The best that can happen is the Steelers fans. This stadium implodes. But it's in Cincinnati, and they are a three-point favorite. You know what? I'm going to go with the Ravens upset Cincinnati at home on week one. That is a bold prediction. That is a bold prediction right there. I can't argue with that. Awesome. Cardinals and Lions. We're going Arizona's a two-point favorite in Detroit. You know what? I like the Lions. You like the Lions? I do like the I'm Lions. I'm going cards on that, actually. I'm going cards. Bruce Arians, cards, you know. It's Pittsburgh West, right? Stafford, man. Stafford's stud, though. Stafford is a stud. Jags and Texans in Houston. Houston's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. You know what? I'm going to come out and say they're going to blow this fucking game the out of water. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, the Jags are not good. I'm saying Houston's, Houston's playing for a whole region. A whole, Houston's playing for a whole city that's underwater, and the stadium happens to be on top of a hill. Um, if there's many hills in Houston. Even before the hurricane, I would probably have the Texans. Like the, way, the way they came on at the end of the season, so here's they've a, got some deficiencies on offense, but their defense. So here's an interesting game, the Buccaneers and Dolphins, which actually will not be played in Miami, as Miami is the home team. Uh, Miami uh, or Tampa Bay is a two-and-a-half-point favor on that. This game could be played in Pittsburgh on Sunday. They might move it to the bye week. Or they could move it to the bye week, and they actually get a first-week bye, which sucks for that team. If they play it here on Sunday, it could be in Philly. It could be in Philly. It could be here. It could be here in Pittsburgh. If they play it here, I'm totally going. You know what? I'm gonna be the. I'm just gonna flip a coin and become the most obnoxious fan of whatever that team. Well, is. we're. You know what? I'll go with you. We can watch the Steeler games on our phone. Yeah. And we'll buy tickets for like five dollars. We can get luxury suites for that, man. <laughs> awesome. If they, you know what? If they move the Dolphins game, the Dolphins Bucks game to level. Pittsburgh, we could sit club level bar and just, we we could go for the Dolphins. Yeah, we'll hey, just Dan go. Marino. There you go. And Dan Marino's lace is out. Come on, you Vikings. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and take the Bucks on that. Uh, two and a half point faves. Now we got uh, Raiders and Titans. They're coming in uh, in Tennessee. Tennessee's a two and a half point favorite. You know what? I don't like that. I'm taking the Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders to win. Yeah, Raiders are good. Raiders are good. Tennessee like could be good, but I think that the Raiders offense is just way better than, than the Titans defense at this point. All right, we got the uh, Eagles and the Skins. Eagles and the Skins in D.C. Philadelphia is a one-point favorite. You know what? I like the Skins on that. Yeah, that sounds like fake news to me. That's man. fake news, totally. 
Colts and Rams, you got Andrew Luck is out for week one, and this is the L.A. Rams now, folks. L.A. Rams are favored three and a half, basically because Where Andrew are they playing? Luck is in L.A. In L.A.? You know what? I'll take the Rams on that. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the they're, Colts. They're, they're getting the home field advantage, three, point, three and a half points. I'm not ready to believe in Los Angeles football yet. Uh, me neither. And we got two teams there now. I said that about UCLA on Sunday night. And, and we saw what happened there. UCLA kicked some ass. Seattle Seahawks playing the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. That's Green Bay is a three-point favorite. I'm Give taking Rodgers all day long on I'm that, too. I'm going against Russell Wilson in fantasy, though, so I'm super biased. Definitely. Panthers and Niners, we're doing that. Uh, that's Panthers. A Panthers are five-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm taking that. The Niners are at a bad dis- Bad place right the now. The Niners are going to lose by at least a touchdown. Here we go. We got the game. We just found out Zeke Elliott's allowed to play. The the G-Men, the New York football giants at the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry World with a four-point favorite as Dallas is the winner. So, you know what? I got to take the Cowboys at that one. I'm taking the Giants, man. Good. They were my second favorite team as a kid. I hate the Cowboys. You know what? I Big can't blue wrecking crew. It, it, Let's do it. You know what? I can't hate the Giants. And last year at the bar, when I'm working behind the bar and the Giants were in town, and I had a bunch of guys come in on a Friday night, and they're like, hey, are we going to get in trouble walking around Pittsburgh wearing our Giants jerseys? I'm like, dude, you guys are all from New York and New Jersey. You spend a lot of money. You tip on. You beat the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. You're okay with us. But as a betting guy, I got to take the Cowboys, and that was a four-point spread. So we got Monday night. We got two games. First game, of the, first Monday night games of the season. They always play two Monday night games that night. We have the East Coast game, which is the Saints and the Vikings. The Vikings are at home. That's that beautiful East Coast game. Well, that's what they're calling their East Coast game. It's a seven ten start, my friend. Uh, Minnesota is going to be the three and a half point favorite at home against Drew Brees and the Saints. Adrian Peterson going back to Minnesota for that first game as a running back for the Saints. I like the Saints. I like the Saints too. Uh, they're a three and a half point dog. I'm going to take the Saints and the points on that one. Yep. We got Chargers and Broncos in Denver, and the Chargers are now the Los Angeles Chargers, by the way. Uh, nobody wants the Chargers. Nobody wants the Chargers. Denver's a three and a half point favorite. Give me the Broncos. In Denver, I'm taking the Broncos as well. All right, folks, that's our bold predictions for this week for your NFL football. Go ahead and lock those numbers in, lock your bets in, and pay those bets off on Wednesday at Sam's Bar in Dormont because that's where we know everybody is on a Wednesday, and the only time that bar is busy is collection and payoff day. So in the meantime, thank you very much to listen to Bold Sports Episode 1. I'm Steve. We got I'm Matt. Hanging out over here. We will talk to you all next week, and we'll recap uh, Week 1 in the NFL, uh, the Pirates' demise, upcoming Penguins, hopefully Pitt beat Penn State, and Don't um, count on it. shut up. I hate to say it, man. I'm Josh, not a Penn Stater. Hail to Pitt. And hail to Pitt, but also like <laughs> hail to stopping at cheats on the way home from State College so those kids have something good happen to them. There you go. We will all see you next week. You have a wonderful week. Enjoy it and root for the team you love best, which is always black and gold. Hey, Ians, thanks for listening to Bold Sports. You can always listen at Sorgatron Media on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you uh, love to listen to podcasts. Make sure to catch us every Wednesday for your recap and breakdown of your favorite local sports and news of the weekend for the upcoming game expectations. You can contact us at Steve Renault on Twitter, at MMTacy on Twitter, or at BoldPGH on Twitter. Hashtag BoldSports. Bold Pittsburgh on the Facebook or BoldPGH.com.